the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. And good afternoon, one and all. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Folks, you can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. Well, good afternoon on this, uh, what is a very stormy. My goodness, folks, once again, third world instincts of the state kick in and uh, we're without power. Some people were losing power when it was, when uh, the state was only at 30 mile an hour winds. Now, it did get a lot stronger and I'm not in any way trying to... Um, downgrade or take off. This was a, a serious nor'easter. I um, I will admit, folks, at 12.06, and again, good afternoon, good afternoon to everybody tuning in. Our live report on Facebook Live, it's John DePietro's show on Facebook. You find it, and you can interact with others. You can comment on the, um, on the days of... And it's fun. It's watching it with other people. You're getting it. People uh, love the comments. Very, very interactive that way. <clears throat> and thank you to so many people that have uh, signed up. And I know a number of you, like our friend Freddie, who there were people who they decided to get Facebook simply because of the John DePietro Show Facebook page. Now, we do post a lot of videos on DePietro.com. Don't get me wrong. But, folks, with all this rain, now, the only good thing about this rain is obviously, you know, the uh, it's well, it's not going to last forever. It just seems that way. Next week's actually going to be a nice week. First week of November. But uh, the rain is uh, it's certainly drizzling and showers and it's just a miserable day out next two days. But, folks, always a good time and stop by and see our friends at PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane, North Kingstown. It's not your imagination. They have had a tremendous season. They have. And, of course, they are ready a uh, full line of uh, things that are just going to make your fall that much better. As far as they have the the kale, of course, and then they also have pumpkins and straw and gourds and sugar pumpkins. Fall decorations, so much more. They're open seven days a week. Are they open today? Of course they are. Folks, it's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. You also get screen loom, crushed stone mulch, still available. Pick up a delivery. Gift certificates are available. Stop off and see them. Look for them on Facebook. It's PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. 3688 Quaker Lane in North Kingstown. Well, folks, a lot of people are buzzing about the website, petro.com where we have, of course, somewhat, uh, the, the, the crew at petro.com always coming up with different original graphics and so forth. And one of them, it has to do with the fact that the state of Rhode Island, for whatever reason, has decided that they want to bring the illicit drug trade to the state. Um, I will say now what I have been saying. I think this is a terrible idea. You're going to um, <clears throat> to have these, quote, injection sites uh, and telling people, by the way, and again, you can read the story at the website, depetro.com. Don't forget, depetro.com, which is brought to you by Brood Awakenings. We have a good review, the Rhode Island Wave, Brood Awakenings. Hello to Dave and everyone that works at Brood Awakenings. Great locations, Pontiac Avenue, Bald Hill Road, Tuan Johnston, also the brand new one right in downtown Providence where it is just uh, delicious food, whether it's breakfast or lunch or afterwards, nice and relaxed. A lot of people like to just go there and work from there. I have countless meetings at Brood Awakenings, full bar, by the way, Warwick and also Providence. Stop off and see them. And again, there's a link at our website, Demetro.com. But folks, mention on the website, Demetro.com, this is another level when... um, when the state, roadie set to become junkie state. I mean, discover beautiful Rhode Island. You have the arm and the injection. You know, who can convince me or who is trying to argue that this is somehow going to be productive? If you, every drug addict within 1,000 miles is going to move to Rhode Island. Because what they're really announcing now, now this is not going to happen till January. People have asked me, where are these injection sites going to go? <clears throat> and it's just how it sounds, by the way injecting drugs that crosses over this is you're not talking about you know when you talk about somebody um someone using a little cannabis somebody getting high uh which is far more acceptable and common now um people that find that there is some 
uh, medicinal benefit to it, that it, it helps them in certain ways. You're not talking about that. You're talking about people injected. This is heroin. This is meth. This is fentanyl. Now, and I want to be very clear, and this isn't even what I'm going to actually talk about. I want to talk about Channel 12 as a story about the Haitians. It's so confusing. But again, if you check out the website, Rhodey said to become junkie state. Folks, there's no other way to describe it. I recognize it is. You know what? All of the overdoses, it's terrible and it's sad and it does something needs to be done. But some communities are setting up, you know, there's ways to address it without saying to people that basically they're going to legalize it. And no one can convince me otherwise. And I recognize people are trying to say, well, you're not legalizing it. Listen, if you can bring heroin to one of these sites and folks, they're going to be opening very, very soon. Rhode Island, first in the nation. It is true. New York's looking at it. But, you know, is there any more? You know, you have a couple of places in the country that are like really progressive. One is New York City. The other one is Portland. The other is Seattle. And the other one's become San Francisco. Rhode Island is beating all them to the punch. But let's not get into a word game. If you can walk into a place in Rhode Island starting in January and you have a bag of heroin, and there's you and a friend, and you ask them, and they take it from behind the counter, and they check it out, and they test it for you, and they say, oh, no, this is this is good stuff wherever you got it. This is good to go. Do you want to have it? Yeah, we'll have it here. All right, let's set them up, table for two, right, over by the window, that type of thing. You're not being arrested. They're not going to take it from you. All right, let's get them some clean needles. Do you guys need some water or anything or Let's uh, make them comfortable. Do you need to use the bathroom first? Anything like that. You're you're setting people up to use. We're not talking, like I said, I want to be very clear. You're not talking about someone who, you know, is having a shot of tequila. You're not talking about someone who is getting high, who's smoking some weed. You're talking about someone you're going to enable them to inject heroin into their vein, fentanyl into the vein. Meth, which is so destructive. Look what it does to people. It destroys people. So Rhode Island can pretend, oh, no, we're going to help people get into recovery. You're actually not. You're going to teach them, you know, you can have your job at such and such a place and have a heroin addiction. People are going to, you're going to start to see things pop up. You know, I moved to Rhode Island. And I learned to live with my heroin addiction. Now, how long is this going to go on? It's just unimaginable what it's going to do to the the workforce. It's terrible for families. And the worst part about this is that they're doing this under the guise that we have to do something about all these overdoses, which I do agree. And it's heartbreaking and it's sad. And but what it's really going to do is you're going to. Instead of just having, you know, whatever the number of people in the state, Westerly to Woodsocket, that right now are literally injecting drugs into their system, or they're having someone do it for them, or whatever it is. I don't know what that number is. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm already in the process of trying to arrange that people on that we'll talk about it. But whatever that number is, let me just say this. You're about to, you know, expand it dramatically. You're going to go whatever the number is. Let's just say, and I don't know what the number is, but let's just say it's 500 people. It could be much more. It could be 1,000. But you're about to take that 1,000, and you're going to make that number 10,000. You're going to make that number 20,000. There's already people. I've heard from landlords that there are drug addicts, junkies, if you will, whatever you want to say, that live in New Hampshire, Western Mass. Vermont apparently has a bad problem. Uh, Parts of New England. That are planning to move to Rhode Island and they want to find out where these injection centers are going to be because they want to live near them. Now, who is going to want that in their neighborhood or near a school or whatever it's going to be? It's terrible. You know, when the word gets out to young kids and college kids. So you go to the center, they test your stuff and then they'll even inject it for you. I just don't see where that's positive. So now, folks, I do want to get to the main story, though. And Channel 12, I want to give them credit. They have it. But before we do, folks, just a reminder now, when you're talking about pain, 
when you're talking about trying to manage pain uh, and, and using things natural, I want to remind you about The CBD Store. The CBD Store, located 1845 Post Road in Warwick. So Michael that runs it, he knows that I have a young Rumsfeld, little Rummy, a little adorable Yorkshire Terrier. Young Rum now is 15 years old, in people years now. So he's 105 dog years. So he's had some problems, started back in June, kind of getting around, aches and pain. Now, your, your pet can't say to you, hey, my back is killing me from chasing that cat or, God, my tail is sore today from wagging it. But you see them starting to move a little bit slower. So Michael recommended this is CBD for pets, and there's even a picture of the dog right there on the bottle. So we started, what you do is you take a little bit of this, and they have the directions, and you just drop some of this either into his mouth or into his food, right like that. And folks, and, and Michael was exactly right. I mean, within 48 hours, uh, Rum was bouncing around better, getting up the back steps easier. He just, he seemed also, he's sleeping better. Um, it's incredible. Stop it and see them. If you have a pet and an older pet, you owe it to yourself. 1845 Post Road Warwick. Look for them on Facebook right across from Airport Plaza. So there's that for Young Rum. And then Michael turned me on to this, which is the Delta 8 gummies that just give you an incredible night's sleep. Just take a little bit. Uh, I don't even take the full thing. Less than half even. About half hour before you want to go to sleep and then boom they also have things by the way it's all natural hemp and cbd fighting stress anxiety sleep pain seizure all the products are legal stop off and see them 1845 post road work and remember if you walk in there and say uh, i'm a listener of the john DePietro show or Juan told me about you 25 percent off your first purchase 25 percent off your first purchase so one of our listeners um, actually spent $50. So 25% off that, I mean, think of that. That's that's really good savings, as a matter of fact. So stop in and see them right across Mayor Park Plaza. Um, folks, again, the website, we continue to have unique stories that no one else has. Uh, DePetro.com, which is brought to you by End Zone Sports Pub, between the World Series and football. And don't forget, Dana runs a great place, End Zone Sports Pub. I always have a good time there. I've been there several times now. Uh, stop in and see them. They also have the NFL ticket on Sundays that a lot of people love. They have karaoke on Friday and Saturday nights. End Zone Sports Pub. Try it. 960 Menden Road in Cumberland. End Zone Sports Pub. All right, I want to get to folks. This is Channel 12 has a piece. And these are some of the people that um, arrived at Quonset. So these are the Haitians. Let me uh, just pull this up. <clears throat> and by the way, we're getting new developments. There could be some activity there. I'm hearing because of the storm, their flight got delayed. So I th- think we are going to uh, break more news about that. But this is uh, Channel 12 has a piece about some of the Haitians now that arrived at the border. And then they flew them up to Quonset. And now they're in Rhode Island. And I want to do a little stop and start. And you tell me if this story makes sense, because it doesn't make sense to me. And uh, I still don't understand. These people left Haiti in 2013. 2013. It's 2021. And somehow they have to live in Rhode Island. And they're calling themselves, they're seeking asylum. But seeking asylum, you, you haven't been in Haiti you haven't been there since 2013. We, where have you been? What's wrong with the countries that you've been living in? Why do you have to come to Rhode Island? Why are we flying them to Rhode Island? The whole thing I find confusing and odd, and I'll say that, but it's not only confusing and odd. <clears throat> um, I don't want to uh, criticize the reporter that did it because I don't know. Folks, many times with some of these interviews, there's conditions and they don't always um, tell you exactly what some of the conditions are regarding, you know, the interview. And so sometimes there are people agree to do them, but they're worth um, certain provisions. And they don't always want to <coughs> reveal exactly what some of the conditions are. Uh, they needed a translator, that much we know. But, um, you know, I, I don't understand. And these people have kids and it's supposedly someone traveling with their cousin. And I just, I find the whole story rather um, rather confusing to say the least. And also, as far as the media and, and some of these down trees, and all right, I get it. There was a storm. 
you know, some of the the pictures that they show of a uh, of a you know of a tree down. I mean, it it could have been from like a past storm. And I I'm not saying like there was the very dramatic video of that. If you remember the the uh, street, the street I think in Portsmouth that had you know the literally the tree like uprooted uprooted excuse me the entire street but i just don't know how much we we need i think this story is more important only way to survive haitian refugees arrive in rhode island as as excuse me they seek asylum i'm i'm not even sure if i understand that by the way that the only way that they can survive is they they have to come here to rhode island that's the only way that they are, in fact, going to survive. And I, I don't understand that. They, they haven't been in, in Haiti in, uh, in quite some time. So how is, how is being in Rhode Island the only way that they're, in fact, going to survive? They've, they've actually survived this long without being um, in Haiti. And they weren't in Rhode Island. So... I'm just not sure about this argument that they they try to make that these people have no choice and they had to come to Rhode Island and uh, they just they, you know that's they, there's no other way this is the only way to survive is for these people to be flown into Quonset and then they have to come and live here in in Rhode Island so um, and there's a number of them and there's. There's more of them coming, by the way. Uh, but let me play. This is the Channel 12 story. And we'll do a little bit of a stop and start with it. And then you can, I think, understand what, exactly what I'm saying. So here we go. In the past month, we've seen thousands of Haitians trying to cross the Mexican border into the state of Texas. And in Haiti, gangs have been killing anyone they disapprove of, even kidnapping American missionaries. It may seem like a distant issue, but new this morning, 12 News reporter Kay Walsh shows us some of the people who escaped that life and are living. Well, Actually, they haven't lived there since 2013. So I wouldn't, all due respects to Patrick Little, I wouldn't say they escaped that life. They, they haven't been living there in, you know, in, in, in eight years. They haven't lived there. So I don't know about escaping that life, but let's, let's listen to it. For now, here in Rhode Island. <laughs> Flown into Quonset. Local immigration services organizations estimate some 60 to 80 Haitian asylum seekers have recently arrived here in Rhode Island. They are living in fear they'll be deported, so it's rare to get a first-hand account of what they've experienced. But they trusted me to tell their story anonymously so they could raise awareness of what's going on. Now, I want to take exception with two things. Number one, fear of being deported. Uh, That's wrong, right? Rhode Island's a sanctuary state. Providence is sanctuary city, Central Falls sanctuary city. There's no one being deported from any of these cities and towns. So number one, that's wrong. Number two, I I respectfully disagree with Channel 12's decision to talk to them anonymously. Listen, you're here. We flew you in. You're in Rhode Island. I I don't think they deserve the right. And his cousin, a six-month pregnant woman, asked that we not show their faces, just their legs and feet. But this view alone, alone here in Rhode Island, they are living in fear they'll be deported. So it's rare to get a first-hand account How of what they've How is she pregnant already? But they trusted me to tell their story anonymously so they could raise awareness I of what's going on. Decision. A young man and his cousin, a six-month pregnant woman, asked that we not show their faces, just their legs and feet. But this view alone, along with the help of their translator, tell a story of survival and hope. From 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 Brazil to to Bolivia, from Bolivia to Peru, from Peru to Ecuador. These legs and feet carried these cousins across all types yeah, of terrain tight. as they traveled continuously from Brazil up through Mexico and into Texas. An eight-year journey after fleeing Haiti to Brazil in 2013. Why now? They certainly didn't make lightly. There's a side that um, is sad because they depart from the family. So at the same time, too, on the other side, they're saying that, okay, leaving this country is the only way. 
Why do they have to come to Rhode Island? Uh, uh, productive to society just to help the folks. Stay in Peru. That hope superseded their fear of what might happen when crossing the Mexican border into Texas. They were living in really in a hard life there. So they They're were the ones no that went there. Besides just enter to America for to pursue a better happiness. Ah. The cousins gave Border Patrol officers the address of a friend in Rhode Island and there were allowed know. to travel here as they await their immigration Blown court in. date. People with the legal process and then they don't have housing, they, 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 they don't know exactly what the immigration is, how long is going to take for them to. Some of them, they have like ankle monitor on their feet. Ankle bracelets like the one this man is wearing as he awaits his court date on November 4th. To prevent what could be lost in translation, I spoke directly in Spanish to him. He says he has a two-year-old and a one-month-old baby. He's trying to seek asylum yeah. here so the family can work while they wait what's next in the immigration the process. Back in Haiti, just recently, American missionaries were kidnapped. Gangs are running the country the since the assassination of Haiti's president in July and the August earthquake. Not even priests are safe there anymore. This hopeful to return home when it's safe again. Since these people did not come here legally, they could face deportation, but an immigration lawyer I spoke with said the immigration court is bogged down with cases right now, so it could take months for them to actually have to leave the country if they're not granted asylum here. And in that waiting period, the U.S. could also change how it designates Haiti as conditions worsen on the island nation still. I'm Kate Walsh, 12 News. Now again, I'm not trying to knock her report uh, nice little touch there. She spoke spoke Spanish to them. All right. Obviously, folks, competition from Juan, because many of you know when you watch Juan After Dark, I frequently, uh, bilingual, I speak Spanish and converse with many of the people. Uh, that's why I'm even wearing the shirt today. Don't say a lot of me. Um, I can't understand that story. So the, the, the two, quote, cousins... One is six months pregnant, supposedly, even though you can't really see her. We're going to keep them anonymous. Uh, the, the male cousin, he's got a one-year-old and a two-year-old. Where are they? Who did he have the children with? Where's the mother? Where are the children? She's six months pregnant. Who, who, is that how she got over? Like, I don't understand any, any really. I found the story a little confusing. So they want to go back to Haiti. They haven't been in Haiti since 2013. And now they're arrived here. Yeah, they're afraid of being deported. First of all, no one, unfortunately, is being deported. If it were up to me, they would all be deported. But here's what I also, um, and folks, again, good afternoon at 1228. I know that sounds like I'm being critical of the piece. I'm actually trying not to be. But we don't need to hear, you know, Americans are being kidnapped and the earthquake and yeah, those were all recent developments. You know, again, I'm just going off their reporting that supposedly they haven't been there since 2013. So, you know, none of that really matters. Again, they gave Border Patrol, here's our address in Rhode Island. And 80 of them arrive here <clears throat> by plane through Quonset. Of course, no one wants to. Show that Juan was right as I was at Quonset. Now you have the Haitians. They didn't walk up here. They're flying them in, as I had told you, as the rest of the media won't acknowledge. You know what's interesting, folks, at 1229? Instead of saying, you know, as a matter of fact, they are arriving at Quonset, much like, you know, the John DePietro show said. They just pick up the story that they're already here, as if they, like, magically arrived, Right? Like, let's skip over how they got here. Let's just go with the, like, pick it up uh, that they're here. And, you know, notice, now, after we did the report at Quonset, Juan was under attack. The cackle, all these other people, what are you doing at Quonset? There's no flights coming in. There's none of the, oh, suddenly there's 80 Haitians. Huh. Just as we said, people from the border being flown up here. They're not the only ones, by the way. This has been going on all summer. 
So they show exactly as we had told you. They show the address, and Border Patrol says, all right, that crew, get them over there. We want to go. We're the states. You know, look how it all lines up. I, don't, I also don't understand, and all due respects to Kate Walsh of, uh, of Channel 12 and the Channel 12 story, and I know a lot of people listen to this stuff, and I'm, I'm not trying to be critical, but I don't understand. Maybe it was difficult. Because we, you don't know what the full package was, in fairness. You don't know what was edited out. But uh, I would be curious to explore that as far as why are they afraid they're going to get deported? Because in our state, unfortunately, folks, nobody gets deported. That's why they come here. That's why we're a magnet. That's why they were paying illegals to take the census. They just want their names. Now, these people, that they have their names, right? They've arrived here. They're in the state. How much do you want to bet that they're already on the voter rolls? Now they're not leaving. I just don't understand the pushback of their, they can't show, we don't want to show their faces, they're afraid to be deported. See, they don't realize yet that they're not going to be deported. They're not going to be deported. They're communicating with their other family in Haiti. What are they saying? We've landed in Rhode Island. So here's the new game plan. Make your way to the border. Now, see, it's leapfrog. Here's another part of the story. You give, they then give their address to their family that are back in Haiti or their family that left Haiti or they're in, you know, pick a place, Peru, Panama, Mexico. Now they have the Rhode Island address. So they come again to the Texas border, right? The point of entry. And they say, do you have an address in the United States? Yes, we do. Oh, Rhode Island. All right, step over to the right. This group is going to be flown to Quonset. So, folks, there it is. You won't see the rest of the media. They don't like to cover it. Um, It is interesting, certain members of the media that shy away from certain stories. One is, obviously, the illegals coming through Quonset. It's also interesting when certain members of the media never discuss Black Lives Matter. And you wonder, how come they never discuss Black Lives Matter? How come they never discuss the people behind Black Lives Matter? They never discuss the protesters, anything. And then you find that they have family members that are somehow involved with the organization or the family member is dating someone who's involved with the organization. And then it's like, oh, I get it. That's why that person never discusses Black Lives Matter because their son is dating someone who's a member of Black Lives Matter or their daughter is dating someone who's a member of Black Lives Matter. There's always sometimes some kind of, huh, that's odd. How come that media outlet doesn't cover the story or they cover the story a a certain way? And folks, this, this Haitian thing at Quonset, again, I give credit, Kate Walsh, she found them. Obviously, folks, I would like to find where they are. I would do a different type of interview. Um, I still don't understand. You know, it's it's definitely you can see the what's the angle on the story. The angle of the story is one of sympathy. The angle of the story is one of sympathy. Why do they why do I say that? Because they they don't talk about how they got up here. Right. How'd you get up here? That's not asked or was edited out. Um who has the address? So there are some illegals. I mean, if we wanted to, you could actually catch who's living here because they all have the address, right? There's the answer right there, but they don't do that. Um, I also, this, you know, look what was in the piece, and I'm going to play it again in just one, but, you know, there's kidnappings, and people don't feel safe, and even priests don't feel safe, and Americans don't feel safe, and, and the earthquake, and it's, it's all building so they want you to come away from saying, well, the only thing that can happen is these, these, we have to take these people in. Even though I don't understand the whole story, two cousins, one six months pregnant, the male supposedly has two kids. We don't know where they are, who they have the kids with. Are they really cousins or I don't know what to make of, uh, of the whole thing. I found it a little confusing, maybe the way the story was edited.
did. Um, I often hear from many TV people that say, hey, you know, you said such and such about my news package, but you don't realize that that was edited out. That was beyond my control. So I try to give people the benefit of the doubt. Folks, one is fear, but, um, but there's an angle to it, right? There's no element about what's their education. Um, why do they keep talking about these things in Haiti? They left Haiti in 2013. I mean, think about that. In 2013, Chafee was the governor. And I, I, I mean, things have dramatically changed since then. I'm not saying for the better, but what was their life like in Peru? What was their life like in Mexico? What was their life like in Panama or wherever they were? Why did this wasn't an eight year journey? What to get to Rhode Island? Sounds like as soon as Biden became president, that's when they all made the beeline for the border. And now they're flying them into Quonset. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by R.E. Coogan and Heating. It's Coogs. 401-732-6562. R.E. It's Coogan and Heating. Plumbing service, 24-hour emergency service, 401-732-6562. Gas boiler, oil boiler, uh, hot water tank. Helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Check, check, check. R.E. It's Coogan Heating. Plumbing, heating, and cooling. As Coog says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. He's also a veteran, and he also backs the blue. R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562, and look for them on Facebook. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by the Coesed Inn. A great meal is waiting for you, if not a feast at the Coesed Inn. They have a great menu. There's a direct link at the website. I bet you're thinking, you know, I haven't been there in a while. Maybe I will stop in there for lunch. Please be my guest. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, the Coesed Inn. Great menu. And um, they have the, I, I consider it the biggest large size bar in Rhode Island. It's a huge bar. Stop in and see them at the Coesed Inn. So, again, folks, this piece about the Haitians now, and, you know, that's just one, one group. I don't know how many, how many more are there? I mean, they're saying that supposedly, but. We're hearing this has been going on all summer long. All summer long, these people have been making a beeline for the Rhode Island border. They come up with the address. They tell the Border Patrol, here's where we want to go. We have the address of someone that lives in Rhode Island. And so, boom, then they they get get them up here. You know, again, I'm not trying to be critical because, uh, you know, good for Channel 12. They did get them. But I don't hear anything of like, now, how did you get here? And why couldn't you stay in Peru? And who did you know that's here? So let's hear this again. Haitian refugees arriving in Rhode Island. In the state of Texas. And in Haiti, gangs have been killing anyone they disapprove of. They even haven't kidnapping been American there missionaries. They seem like a distant issue. Like this morning. 12 News reporter. I like when she speaks Spanish to them. Here in Rhode Island. Local immigration services organizations estimate some 60 to 80 Haitian asylum seekers have recently arrived here in Rhode ah. Island. They are living in fear they'll be deported, so it's I weird to get a first-hand account of I what want? they've experienced. But they trusted me to tell their story anonymously so they could raise awareness of what's going Should've on. Been done anonymously. A young man and his cousin, a six-month pregnant woman, asked cousin. that we not show their faces, just their legs and feet. Too bad. But this view alone, along with the help of their translator, tell a story of survival and hope. They hope everything's for free. From Brazil to, to Bolivia, from Bolivia to Peru, from Peru to Ecuador. These legs and feet carried these cousins across all types of terrain as they traveled continuously from Brazil up through Mexico and into Texas. An eight-year journey after fleeing Haiti to Brazil in 2013. And a decision they certainly didn't make lightly. Sad because they depart from the family. So at the same Should've time, too, with the on family. the other side, they're saying that okay, leaving this country is Bruce the only beautiful way just here. to survive, to become uh, uh, productive to society.
society just so have the folks back home in Haiti. That hope superseded their fear of what might happen when crossing the Mexican border into Texas. They were living in really in a hard life there. So there were Gee, no Zari was hot under the bridge in Texas. Texas. What were you so doing there anyway? The cousins gave Border Patrol officers the address of a friend in Rhode Island Lucky and were us. allowed to travel here as they await their immigration court date. Bro. with the legal process. Oh, yeah. They don't have houses. Oh, yeah, they're big about they, the legal they, process. They, they, they don't know exactly what the immigration is, how long it's going to take for them to them, they have that ankle money check on their feet. So, ankle bracelets like the one this man is oh, wearing good. as we he awaits his court date on November 4th. To prevent what could be lost in translation, I spoke directly in Spanish to him. Hola. He says he has a two-year-old and a one-month-old baby. He's trying to seek asylum here oh, so the family sure. can work while they await what's yeah, next in the immigration process. Back in Haiti, just recently, American missionaries were kidnapped. Gangs are running the country been since there the assassination since of president in July and the August earthquake. Not even priests are safe there anymore. I don't know about that. This priest knew he needed to flee. Before he came here in September, like 15 days before stayed. he came here, they killed one of the priests I don't who went that. to the bank to withdraw money. Went to the bank to withdraw some money. Nope. They don't believe it. All are hopeful to return home when it's safe again. Since these people did not come She's here never. legally, they could face deportation. Please. But an immigration lawyer I spoke with said the immigration court is bogged down with cases right now. Sure so it, it could is. take months for them to actually have to leave the country if they're not granted asylum here. And in that waiting period, the U.S. could also change how it designates Haiti as conditions worsen on the island nation still. I'm Kate Walsh, 12 News. All right, again, I'm not trying to anyway criticize very nice report by the reporter from channel 12 but folks let's you know decipher this a little bit who gave them the address in rhode island why are they under the impression that they want to come here right why are they under the impression that they want to come here number one number two what is also unsaid in that report is what took so long it was the Trump presidency. They were not, they knew what would happen if they tried to come over or come here during the Trump presidency. At the Trump presidency, we had the border under control. It was improving. The situation was improving. But more importantly, during the Trump presidency, the word went out. The Trump presidency was a deterrent. The Trump presidency was, you're not just coming here. And, and again, folks, if, if all these people come here, I'll tell you what's not happening. They're not improving all these places that we're leaving. Now, I don't know what to make of this story. The pregnant cousin, supposedly they're cousins. I have no idea if they're cousins. So, and then he's got two kids somewhere. We don't know where. I'm sure they're on their way here. So, you have that. I, I just don't, I'm not exactly sure what to make of this whole story of woe that they tell us. I also would like to have known, you know, when did you arrive? Who is putting them up? When did you get flown into Quonset? Where are the other people? Right? There's at least 80 of them. Now, that's 80 on this particular trip. So this has been going on all summer, or at least since August, we believe. So could have been July. So where are the rest of them? Let, let's just, folks, I mean, let's, I don't want to, spo- you know, uh, spoiler alert, ruin how this story ends. But is there anyone really listening right now or watching on Facebook that believes that these people are going to be deported? Right? I mean, does anyone, why would, why would they have that fear? No one's being deported. Alorza set up. Providence, he tells them, come here. It's a sanctuary city. You have the lieutenant governors in power calling them. You know how she calls them? New Americans. These Haitians that arrived, you know what, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos, what she refers to them as? Not only New Americans, quote, Rhode Island citizens. That's how she views them. So does anyone really think that we're going to send them packing out of here, not until they get their information. You know, she is six months pregnant. She's not going anywhere. He supposedly has two, supposedly has two children 
He'll get them to arrive here. And then suddenly they are, quote, Rhode Island citizens and, as Lieutenant Governor Matos calls them, new Americans. Outrageous. Folks, where is all this leading? And I mean this. At 1245, you have to ask yourself, right, with all the progressiveness and they get think of those Haitians you just heard. They now, if they decided to go to URI or CCRI or Rhode Island College, they would get in-state tuition rate. You're a legal American citizen. You live in Massachusetts, Connecticut. You pay out of state. What do they pay? In-state tuition rate. Folks, this portion of our program is brought to you by the Senadale Revival. Stop and see Shane. Comfort food and cocktails. The Senadale Revival. I love it. You're going to love it. 2025 Smith Street, North Providence. If you haven't been there, try a new place. Stop in for a drink, an appetizer, whether it's lunch or dinner, Senadale Revival. And um, it's it's just terrific. And online at thesenadale.com, thesenadale.com. So, folks, I, I don't treat this as good news with, with what we're being told. Um, you know, the direction you have to ask yourself, and I think this would be a fair question for someone who would be seeking higher office is you have to ask yourself, you know, what direction is the state really going right now where we're having all these illegals flown in, where we're having, you know, all these you have the mask mandates in the schools, but then the governor and their friends don't have to go along with it. And by the way, Governor McKee is doing or was doing a briefing uh, It has to do with the schools. So I want to. um I will check it out. I'm not. Oh, they're still. They are still going. All right. This is Dr. Nicole Alexander to Scott speaking right now. So let me dip into this a little bit. Gives me an opportunity to do what I've been meaning to do um, for some time, oh. which is thank our Rhode Island testing and validation Uh, task force who has um, been with us throughout the pandemic and ready to address and assess questions such as what you're asking regarding antibody testing or any of the new tests that are uh, available. So for now, we um, have time before we get to a robust antibody testing surveillance system. We're really focusing in on getting everyone vaccinated so that um, um, we're able to then move to that next phase of seeing how to sustain that and get um, the, the knowledge, science, and learning from our federal partners to help inform that. Yeah, and further to that, people suggest that having antibodies can be more protective than being vaccinated. That's something we've talked about in the past, but do you have any updated science on that for these people who are insistent that they're more protected by having had the disease recently? Yeah, we have um, a number of studies that have shown reinfection after a natural infection with COVID-19 occurs more than reinfection among someone who has been vaccinated. So while those um, thoughts were considered prior to Delta, what we really learned from the Delta strain is that vaccination is your um, uh, most concrete way to confirm immunity. Natural immunity alone has not shown uh, to uh, be consistent in effectively protecting someone, particularly against the Delta strain of coronavirus. I presume it's the health department that's running this pilot program. Uh, no. Health education? Uh, how, long is, how long is this pilot program going to run? How are you going to know whether or not it's successful? So we're running the pilot program for a month. And once we collect the data, we'll know um, what it, it entails in terms of its effectiveness, how, long, how much it will cost, the manpower to see um, whether it's feasible to extend to the rest of the state. Oh, thank you. Um, Dr. Alexander Scott, you talked about how important it is to vaccinate all kids who are eligible. We're going to see the five plus group eligible very soon, it sounds like. There are a lot of parents, though, who are still not vaccinating, even the 12 to 18 population. What would you want them to know? Vaccination works. 
um, it's really the um, clearest, surest way to ensure really that your children are able to stay in school and minimize disruption from all of the benefits we know that exist with our um, quality education system. Uh, and it's a protective measure not only for your children, 12 and older, and soon to be five and older, but also for the loved ones around. You know, we have seniors uh, who uh, may be more vulnerable even as uh, they are fully vaccinated or other individuals who are immunocompromised. It just makes it better for us as a state, as a society, as a community. The more protected we are via vaccination, the better off we are going into the future. Folks, this is a live uh, briefing with Governor McKee, Dr. Scott. I just want to hear just a little bit um, about it has to do with the schools. Concerns can vary, um, and it's important for all of us to be able to speak to them. All of you really are ambassadors, and being able to listen, hear what the concerns are, and respond with your own personal stories of what has worked, and just the understanding that we as a community and as a society are in a much better place the more individuals that we have vaccinated. All right, we'll next over here, Michael. We've had a protocol, and I think the doctor will probably want to answer this one. We've had a protocol where um, students who were close contacts who were not vaccinated, which obviously is anybody younger than 12, uh, were required to quarantine for some period. And the idea behind test to say is to try to ameliorate some of the consequences of that. But what has been the uh, incidence of actual infection among all those students who are quarantined? Because you quarantine them, you test them. I assume we've measured that. So I, I think it's probably quite low. But how many students have been quarantined? How many have been tested in quarantine? And how many were actually testing positive? I can get back to you with specifics on that uh, data, but it allows me to um, reiterate the balance that we are discussing here. Quarantining is a proven tool to disrupt transmission of an extremely contagious virus. The balance with that is particularly in our school settings, we want to take an approach that allows for um, minimizing transmission, but do it in a way that supports children in being able to continue to get all the benefits of in-person education. And that's why we've taken the approach of implementing and uh, assessing through this pilot um, any measure we can that uh, minimizes the disruption. And so the K through 12 close contact exemption approach is one of them that's been in place for some time, but we need to have the proper information in order to activate it. Where was your child sitting? Were they wearing a mask? Um, how much uh, distance was there? Are they vaccinated? Having some of those basic mitigation steps that we've talked about for months allows children to qualify for exemption from quarantining. That's already a ready-made program. What we're talking about here today is adding to that, learning more through the test to stay. But we want to assure all families and parents that right now, working with your school community, making sure that we have that information allows your children to be exempt from being quarantined as long as they qualify with wearing a mask or some of the elements of that program that are already in place. Well, assuming then that vaccination will, uh, for children under 12, exempt them from quarantine requirements similarly to children 12 and older, um, do you have a concern that the test to stay program would amount to um, sort of being seen as an alternative to vaccination and that it might work to uh, discourage vaccination? In other words, parents may reason, well, I don't need to vaccinate my, my child because um, if there's a close contact, the child is a, a, you know, can go through the test to stay program and be exempt from quarantine. Vaccination works best regardless whether a part of the test to stay or whether a part of the close contact 
exemption program. Um, any parent that wants to choose an alternative would need to know that all alternatives are suboptimal to just getting vaccinated and ensuring that your children are protected. All right, we have time for two more. Alice, okay. um, Yeah, I think this will be for Dr. Alice. Folks, this is a so live press briefing right now. I just want to hear this about, about the schools. How, uh, the key milestones ahead for this next rollout of 5 to 11, it's looking like November 4th could be the, the soonest that that could happen for kids. Um, parents of kids in this age group are dying to know what day they can go. Mm. Do you think that they could reasonably plan for a November 4th start the word dying, first but... dose? I would say we're definitely focused on November, and we shared the number of vaccines that will arrive. There'll be 27,000 with the first uh, shipment. Um, we've oftentimes had certain dates from our federal partners, and you give a, a grace period or so of a week or two as it takes for them to implement distribution nationwide. So by mid-November would be a reliable time frame for uh, parents. And starting now in working with your children to be ready to know that this valuable tool will be available to them, they serve as great ambassadors, um, is a, a, a great way to be ready from a parent standpoint. And apologies if it's been mentioned before, how many uh, 5 to 11-year-olds are in Rhode Island. So you say you have 27,000 doses, then how many kids does that equate to that? Um, That's a good question. Could get a dose. Good we question. have calculated about 80,000. So we anticipate that with the subsequent doses arriving, we'll have enough to meet the need. Folks, again, I'll, I think there's one more question. I just wanted this has to do with the schools and kids not having a quarantine. Uh, this is a and question for you, Governor McKee. On Friday, what will happen to employees of Slater Hospital and the Veterans Home who remain unvaccinated? Yeah, so we're going to continue to follow the, the rules deadline. that the Department Health has put in place, uh, and uh, we're expecting uh, to get as many in compliance as possible of the workers, and we'll work on other plans to um, activate strategies, including the National Guard, if, if necessary. National Guard. No, My I think goodness. the provisions are that there's a there's a procedure that's going to follow a, a course before that would happen. All right, folks, so uh, that is it. I'm going to dip in and then see if there's anything else. Again, I apologize, but at 12.57, I did want to hear that. Now, I didn't hear the beginning, so we didn't hear uh, exactly. Or I didn't. I don't know if it was even asked about that the lawsuit right now. And again, good afternoon, folks. It's 12.57. You're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, DePietro.com. But I, what we don't know is um, the lawsuit right now that the parents have against Governor McKee and the state for the, the mask mandate in the schools. Um, that the the science, I didn't hear that. And then we also didn't hear the fact that Dr. McDonald did testify in that trial that, as we've talked about, if you have an 18-year-old and they're a gunshot victim and they're rushed to the hospital and they're doing all kinds of tests on them, and then they find out that they test positive for COVID. And then they die of the gunshot wound. The cause of death is listed as COVID, which doesn't seem to make sense to anybody. Uh, but that is the way they have designated it. And then as a result of that, we've learned that there have been no pediatric deaths in Rhode Island from COVID. So when you look at that, it really doesn't make sense that they have all these kids in the schools with masks on. And I also didn't hear if anyone asked Governor McKee that he was at this indoor event and they no masks and they're waving. And then, of course, they show up at a press briefing today and everyone's got the mask on. So, folks, here's what we're going to do. It's 1259. We have a lot more to go on the program, including um, we have word now on more. Some of these uh, Afghans that are going to be arriving in Rhode Island, where they're going to be going. I believe they're arriving tomorrow. We're developing a story on that. And then obviously the Haitians are here and a lot more. So next hour is radio only, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can listen you are listening. online at the website, dipetro.com. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Folks, also, 
Uh, National Grid, as the storm has died down, there's a lot of people without power. Be patient. Make sure you call National Grid. But a lot of people, they are working over the next 24 hours trying to get everyone their power back. So we're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. And then it's the John DePietro Show. The Power Hours next. Leave it right here.